there, my name is Natalie Nation, and you're watching Feed That Nation. So I've like restarted recording this like three times because it's a really complex topic and I want to do it justice, but I think, I hope that this is the version that I'm going to go with. So if you're hearing me talk about this right now, obviously this is the third and final version and I just need to be able to say what I'm thinking without overthinking. Before we get too far in, I just want to say that I am going to address some different issues regarding body weight, body image, weight loss, and sort of things in that realm. So if that makes you uncomfortable, please go ahead and pick another podcast from my playlist and don't worry about that. For those who know me in any capacity, you know that I love nutrition. I'm a master's of public health nutrition student, dietetic intern, planning to become a registered dietitian. I want nutrition, education, and counseling to be my career. I'm not only interested academically and professionally, but I have a lot of personal interests in nutrition, health, and wellness. Obviously, I have a YouTube channel and podcast where I get to talk about this stuff. I love reading on my own, connecting with other podcasters, YouTubers, influencers. I love nutrition. And I'm sure a lot of other nutrition students feel the same way I do. You, you're not just in nutrition because, you know, it's the thing to do. It's not like engineering or computer science. Sorry. You do it because you love it. You do it because you're passionate about it. You do it because you believe that that's how you want to make your difference in the world is through nutrition. And again, amazing. Love that. Totally here for it. But I think something that isn't really addressed in nutrition or other like healthcare students or wellness students and something that's not really addressed in the professional world at all is how studying nutrition, wellness, fitness, or healthcare all the time along with having personal interest in it, hobbies, academics, jobs, other things in this nutrition, health, and wellness field, when you're surrounded by it 24-7, it can be more harmful sometimes than it is beneficial. It's not great to be stuck in a 24-7 nutrition bubble. It's really not. And I wanted to address um, specifically some of the issues with this that I face personally, um, give my thoughts um, and give some tips. If you are resonating with what I'm saying right now, if you feel like you're stuck in your own healthcare, health and wellness, fitness bubble, that's okay. And I want to let you know that I hear you and I feel you. So for me, studying nutrition, as I said, huge academic interest, huge personal interest. And then there's the other aspect of health, wellness, and nutrition that kind of comes into play because I am a human being. And what does that mean? It means I have to feed my body. I have to move my body. I have to rest my body and clean my body and all of these other things. It can be hard sometimes to separate the academic interest, the personal interest, and then the necessity of caring for myself because I can study nutrition in class for four hours a day, spend three hours writing a paper, and then it's time to make dinner, and all I want to do is eat mac and cheese and have a Snickers bar for dessert. Or, you know, studying how physical activity reduces risk for literally every disease under the sun. But there are times when I don't really feel like doing a workout. I don't really feel up to moving my body or getting sweaty. And I have to balance my academic knowledge and my personal knowledge with 
the fact that I'm a human being and I'm not a robot. You know, it's not as simple as press button workout. You know, there's a lot of emotional, mental aspects to that as well. It's honestly hard to balance sometimes this idea of, yes, I need to care for myself with having all of this information in my head of knowing exactly the best ways I'm supposed to be caring for myself or that I should be caring for myself. You see, I said the word should. I'm shoulding myself with the fact that it's not always 100% applicable all the time. And I actually listened to a podcast over a year ago. I will link it below, the Party in My Plants podcast, I think, um, where the guest on this podcast addressed her own struggles with her nutrition information overload and how having so much information in her head about nutrition and wellness actually fed some of her more toxic personal tendencies, you know, tendencies to skip meals, tendencies to overexercise and underfuel, things like that. I really resonated with that and I feel like there's a lot of pressure on nutrition students, healthcare students, healthcare and nutrition professionals to practice what they preach and a lot of pressure for us to present, at least to the public eye, that not only do we know how to take care of ourselves, but that we should look like and speak like and act like we take care of ourselves well or perfectly even 100% of the time. And that's not great. It's really not. I think another factor that makes it kind of hard to, I guess, measure any of this is um, when I was an undergrad, uh, one of my classes did a weekly journal club where every week somebody would bring in an article, everybody would read it, and we would discuss the basis of the research, the findings, and then implications and other questions. I brought in an article, I'll link it below, and it was looking at a cohort of nutrition students in Australia compared to a cohort of occupational therapy students at the same school in Australia and looking for disordered eating and disordered exercising behaviors between the two groups with the hypothesis being that perhaps nutrition students are more predisposed to certain issues than other students. And the article wasn't very well done, if I'm being completely honest, but through that um, article, as my classmates and I were discussing it, we sort of brought out this conversation about, well, are nutrition students more likely to have issues? How do we do research to find this out? How do we assess a nutrition student for eating issues when most questionnaires have questions like, do you think about nutrition for four or more hours every day? Well, of course I do. I'm a student. I'm in class at least that long sometimes even. Not only that, but there's a wide spectrum of behaviors that can be considered okay or beneficial and some and the same behavior if taken to an extreme on either end can be just considered harmful but how do we assess that and measure that in students when there are questionnaires literally setting us up for failure <laughs> honestly in the class also some students shared their personal experiences with being shamed by friends or family or people on the internet for the way they talk about food and nutrition or the way that their body looks. If anyone from that class in undergrad is watching this right now, I hope that you know how impactful that discussion was for me. And I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to just take that time and reflect on our own experiences together. It got me thinking really about how aware I am that there are many people who are 
learning or working in the healthcare space who have issues with nutrition or exercise or wellness issues. And I won't name names or specifics, but several of the people that I graduated in dietetics with, I knew because they had said at some point that they had had or were working through struggles with disordered eating. And I've had conversations with professors who've worked in the field for many years who've told me that many of their colleagues are in their 50s and 60s and have had issues with eating disorders and disordered eating their entire life. And that's kind of terrifying and it like, it makes me want to know what we can do on the academic level, on the student level, to address those things early and start that dialogue early and, you know, prevent people from years of struggling and suffering. And that's a, this is a heavy topic. It's a really tough topic. And I'm acknowledging that right now that I'm not an expert. I certainly don't claim to have all the answers, but I think even just bringing awareness to this idea that studying nutrition can be beneficial or can be harmful is really important because that was something that was almost never brought up to me when I was in undergrad. Now where I see this nutrition toxicity idea played out in my life is, as I said, I love nutrition. I'm very interested in nutrition, professionally and personally but sometimes I find I'm spending too much time in nutrition, learning about it, thinking about it, absorbing social media content about it, that I'm forgetting to compartmentalize and take time to explore other areas of my life that I enjoy that don't have anything to do with nutrition or wellness. I guess a good example of that is right now during this pandemic, it's really hard for me to compartmentalize schoolwork and hobbies and being at home and all of those things that used to be a lot easier when school was far away and I had to take a bus to get there. And now school is in my kitchen where I also enjoy watching Netflix and I enjoy editing YouTube videos and I enjoy cooking. Well, how do I separate all of that now that I'm in one space? Um, that phys physical space and compartmentalization used to be something I really relied on. And now I'm searching for other ways to continue to find that balance in my own life. And I think the biggest way that I've been able to seek out that balance and find that balance is to really think hard about the media that I'm consuming. And I know most of us having to spend so much time at home, if you're privileged to have more time on your hands rather than less time on your hands, are probably spending a lot more time on social media, on YouTube, listening to podcasts, and so forth and so on. And when I first got into listening to podcasts, I really loved and still do love listening to podcasts talking about nutrition, talking about wellness, talking about fitness, because I'm personally interested. But I'm starting to realize that I also need to take time away from all of that and listen to podcasts that don't have anything to do with that at all. So in my repertoire, I have, sure, my favorite nutrition podcasts, sure, my favorite fitness podcasts, but then I have comedy podcasts, photography podcasts, um, you know, music podcasts, stuff like that. Just more variety of things that I enjoy so that when I'm done with nutrition, I can be done with nutrition for the day. That also plays out into the YouTube videos I watch and the content creators on that platform that I subscribe to. You know, it can be really easy to get sucked into those what I eat in a day or the grocery haul videos, but do I need to be watching those all the time? No, I don't. Can I watch people who are just 
funny? Can I watch people who are teaching me how to like make cool crafts? Can I watch people who are talking about other things? Absolutely. Another place that's getting easier for me to compartmentalize is to really examine the people that I follow on social media and realize when the content that they are posting is not resonating with me very well. And for me personally, I don't really like following Instagrammers who talk about macros and calorie counting and portion control. For me, that just doesn't serve me very well. I also don't really like watching or following content creators who are always talking about how it's really important to never miss a workout and hard work equals success because, well, it's problematic in a lot of ways to be honest, but it's okay to rest your body and it's okay if you're working hard but success is not coming in the form of physical body changes. It is okay that those things don't happen exactly the way they do for, you know, Miss Susie Q fit on whatever platform. So identifying areas in, in my life on my social media where I can unfollow or mute people that just aren't posting content that's serving me. Probably the biggest area for me where I've been able to really work on compartmentalizing is to also be aware that these issues exist and be able to start dialogues with my classmates about it and to acknowledge when there are people in my physical everyday life, not so much anymore because the only person I see is my husband, but like in undergrad I used to go to class and there would be people who would be talking about fitness and lifting and weight loss to an extreme, not necessarily an extreme as in a dangerous extreme, but to an extent that made me uncomfortable. Or they would bring in just the most healthiest food every single class and I would be like, oh, what are you having? And then they would continue to tell me every single healthy ingredient that was in it. And I realized, you know, that's not really serving me to hear about what they're eating because it's sort of making me feel like I should be eating that way, even though I know in my personal life that I eat very nutritiously. So recognizing are there people in your real life who say things or do things that do not serve you and sort of contribute to this 24-7 nutrition bubble that isn't very healthy for anybody to be in. And when you identify those people, it's hard, but working up the courage to say to them, you know, it makes me uncomfortable when, or would you mind if, and just really being firm about these things that you have every right to feel uncomfortable about and you have every right to address if you need to. I sincerely hope that you have resonated with something in this podcast episode. If you have, please leave me a comment below or shoot me a DM on Instagram to start that conversation. I would love to have that conversation with you. If you're a healthcare student or a healthcare professional who experiences this sort of health and wellness overload in your life, what do you do when you're feeling overwhelmed? Are there tips and tricks that you could share with other people that would help them to you know, find that balance of having academic and personal interests that don't completely take over your life, definitely go follow me on Instagram. I am at FeedThatNation. If you're watching this on YouTube, please go ahead and subscribe, leave me a comment, and definitely leave me a thumbs up on this video. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, or another podcast platform, definitely leave me a five-star rating and a review on wherever you're listening, and go ahead and subscribe as well. If you're interested in fun recipes, other adventures, and just kind of the crazy stuff that happens on my website, definitely go check that out. I'm at feedthatnation.com. 
Until next time, my name is Natalie Nation, and you're listening or watching Feed That Nation. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon.